Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Cork's ninety-six FM and C one hundred three. The Arts House. Now, I suppose one of the things that you have there, we were talking about that guy, Nathan Evans, who has left his job as a postman and now has a record deal uh, as a result of singing on TikTok. It's never too late to change careers, you know, and there's never anything that says just because you started doing one thing, but your heart is always in another that you can't switch. Why not? Life is short, guys, and you have to do what fills your soul and makes you happy. I know, pay the bills. Yeah, we got that. But if you can manage to kind of incorporate things, you should. Like, have you dreams of being a writer, for example? Have you someone in your family who's amazing at making up stories for the kids or who just captivates them? Well, this is perfect for them. Sarah Webb is a hugely successful author and writer and another one of my favourite Twitter accounts to follow, actually. And she has written 11 best-selling books for adults and her books have been republished internationally from Poland and Canada to Indonesia, even Korea. And she gives workshops. She writes reviews for newspapers. She's a programmer for Molly, which is, of course, the Museum of Literature in Ireland. But besides all of that, she is herself a fantastic author of children's books as well. Yeah, I remember you raving about Sarah Webb back in March. And I know you've bought her books as presents for our nieces and nephews down through the years as well. So it was no surprise that when an email arrived from the West Cork Literary Festival telling us that Sarah was involved in a webinar for new writers this week, that Elmarie hopped on the phone to chat about the possibilities. Absolutely. Sarah, the very first time we talked in terms of COVID and all that sort of thing was right at the beginning of the very first lockdown last year because no sooner was the school hub up and running and nearly that first week you were out of the blocks as well giving little writing prompts and we chatted about that writing series that you got people going on sort of in the first week when we all thought everyone was going to be at home just for a short period and we were looking for things to keep the children occupied. Little did you know then what was going to be coming for the whole year since? I know. Extraordinary, isn't it? Yes, definitely. I mean, I did kind of throw myself into it at the beginning with the creative bursts. But I was very lucky in that I got the support of Molly, who funded uh, me to produce those, which I think is wonderful because I'm a huge advocate of of paying the artist for their time and their Mm -hmm. expertise and their work. Um, But yes, little did I know I'd be back at it this season. We have another series of five up on the Molly website and they come out every Wednesday. But it has been extraordinary. And I know Maria is a primary school teacher. The teachers have been doing terrific work and we're all learning Every day, you know, every day is a learning day for 
as adults and also for children and parents and carers and everyone's doing their best but I think it has become a marathon rather than a sprint and mm-hmm. I, I think everyone is getting a little bit weary but we just you know we have to kind of support each other and hang in there for another little while. And in terms of running that marathon, like somebody like you, you have so many different adaptive skills that you're able to share and (laughs) apply in various situations. So you have been doing all of that support of children directly. You've also been teaching online. You've also been supporting teachers. And presumably, as an author, you can't let the writing get lost in that either. How has your practice been going? Yeah, no, my creative practice is very important to me. What I found during last kind of March, April, May, was I was finding it very difficult to concentrate on writing fiction because okay. like everyone's, my brain had gone into monkey brain mode yes. and it was jumping all over the place and worrying and, you know, sleep patterns disrupted. I wasn't even able to concentrate on reading fiction. But over the summer, I was able to take some time away from the screens away from teaching online and in July and August I wrote a uh, book for age 9 to 12 called The Little Beekeeper of Henrietta Street and that will come out hopefully all being well in the autumn. So I'm quite careful of my creativity. I would carve out time Monday and Tuesday as usually my writing days and Wednesday morning and I do things like I go on walks, I keep my eyes open, I listen to really inspirational podcasts I try and read around things that interest me and and things I did a lot of reading about beekeeping which is fascinating and not something I'd encountered before so I think just I've, I've minded myself by getting outside nature walking yoga I do a lot of yoga and looking after my creativity you see I know I know if you actually went down through the list right there's going to be way more than that even still on the thing but I I love the fact that you ended (laughs) up learning about beekeeping I have a friend who's very very knowledgeable about beekeeping Declan Wolf who sometimes contributes to the show here Ah. and in fact Connor's cousin when we were in lockdown was also part of the team who were minding the bees on top of St. John's College in the middle of Cork City, which I think is just amazing. It is incredible. It is amazing. What a fantastic story. Looking forward to that now, later in the autumn. (laughs) And we'll definitely cover it, both from a radio and school point of view. But speaking of school and particularly children, you know, we've had so much talk in the media with the last couple of days about children and their development and all the rest of it. One of the most important things anybody can do for children is read to them. And That world of writers for children is such a special world. These are the people who create the lands to which we travel, the friends that we read under the covers with a torch. You want to settle a child in the nighttime, you settle down with a teddy and you settle down with a book and you come together. And Children's Books Ireland is a national books organisation that not very many people would be familiar with. Can you tell us a little bit about their activities? It's interesting. I've been involved with them now for, gosh, I hate to say it, uh, 26, 27 years, nearly 30 years. And they started out as a voluntary organisation set up by teachers, librarians, publishers, writers. And they are now an Arts Council funded organisation. I think they have around 11 or 12 full-time staff and part-time staff and their whole aim is to help encourage every child to be a reader so their kind of mission statement is every child a reader so they support writers 
new and emerging writers and illustrators, and they support teachers, librarians. They support the adults, I suppose, who are the gatekeepers to the world of children's books. Because um, young children don't encounter books without adults' help. So their kind of mission is to try and reach children by supporting and encouraging adults to share books with children. And as you said, reading to children is so important. And I think during the lockdown, the parents and teachers and educators have realized how much strength and comfort there is in a good story. A lot of people have gone back to reading to children, which is lovely. Yes, and it doesn't matter whether you're going to sit down with a picture book and they're great at any age or whether children are being able to progress themselves into chapter books, both of which are incredibly important fields in the area of writing for children. And I suppose feeding into that then, when I saw that there was this webinar coming up, spearheaded through the West Cork Literary Festival, my heart jumped because I know somebody who is both a wonderful storyteller and an incredible illustrator. And I forwarded her the details of this webinar straight away saying, you have to do this, you have to do this. So I really, (laughs) really hope she will. Because you're having and you're part of the team who is delivering a very, very detailed, considering the amount of time it's being packed into, seminar for people who are interested in writing or illustrating or both for children. With myself and Children's Books Ireland, Aoife Murray in particular, who's the programme and events manager in Children's Books Ireland, were just talking about how many emails and how many messages we were getting from people um, in the autumn, winter, and now um, so much in January, looking for information about writing, illustrating, getting published. And a lot of them were, were new to the field. So we really wanted to provide something that was very hands-on, that was very practical and that they would have a kind of guidance as to how to get started. Mm -hmm. So we're really going back to basics. We're going to talk about word count, how many words should be in a picture book, you know, uh, early readers, you know, word count for early readers, early chapter books. And we're also going to talk about the process of getting published from a very early stage. So we have two authors, Ashwin Chaco and Caroline Tracy, who are both they self-published their first books and they're going to talk a little bit about that as well because for some people the traditional publishing route is one side of it and self-publishing we want to explain the difference between the two and also to encourage people to write a book maybe for their grandchild Mm. their niece their nephew, you know, as a really, really lovely thing to do during the lockdown. It doesn't have to be an international bestseller like Artemis Fowl, perhaps, but you can create something really special and magical for the children in your life. And that's really the message that we'd like to get across, that writing and producing stories and full books is an amazing thing to do. And we'd like to help people to do that. Absolutely. And I also think, though, that possibly during lockdown is when some people might have said, you know, I had a latent interest in writing books or they finally had the time to write something or tease out an idea. But the fact that you have a number of people, for example, Gronya Clear is the commissioning editor from Walker Books and every house has a picture book from Walker Books. You've Matthew Parkinson Bennett from Little Island Books. You've Princess Okinowo. Well done, yeah. Yeah, Princess is the editorial administrator at O'Brien Press. At O'Brien She's Press. really interesting because when you send a manuscript into O'Brien Press, Prin is the one who reads it, the very, very first person. And then she passes on when she sees 
um, something original or something that mm. they can work with on to the editors. So she is that very first gatekeeper into the publishing world. So I think print will be very interesting. Yeah, There you have it. You have three publishing houses as well as an agency in London all taking part in this. Like, that is an investment of their time and their energy in the idea of there being new writers out there with gems to share for children because I suppose a lot of the things that people would say to you is getting an agent is hard how do you break in and there's this perception of the publishing houses possibly being closed shops or that it takes a certain amount of luck or pull to get in and yet here you have these houses and agents who are saying no now is the time and like isn't it exciting to think that this could lead to an explosion of new authors and new stories and new adventures and a, a new wave of writing for children. Absolutely. I mean, I, Philippa Milne-Smith, who is the managing director of the Soho Agency in London, she used to be the uh, managing director of Puffin Books. She's actually my agent and I contacted her and said, Philippa, can you suggest an agent who's looking for new Irish talent? And she said, I am. I'm always open to new Irish talent and I'd like to give my time to this. So I, I thought it was a lovely kind of validation of Irish writing. She represents um, Chris Riddell, she represents um, Lauren Child. Like she has an extraordinary <laughs> a stable of writers, but she's still looking for new Irish talent, which I thought was lovely. And I think it is a mark of just how respected Irish writers are that international agents are very much looking for Irish talent. And Grony Clear, who is one of the commissioning editors of Walker Books, as you say, that little bear that's on, uh, we're going on a bear hunt or on mm. the Martin Modell owl babies. So, uh, Walker are synonymous with brilliant children's books. So Gronje is Irish, originally lives in Dublin, originally worked in Little Island. So she's a wealth of information in her head and she's only too happy to share it. So no, we're very, very lucky to have um, such an amazing panel and I do hope that people will come along. It's a webinar. You can watch it from your own living room, your own kitchen. And um, I think it's quite reasonable at at 25 euro. We were trying to make it nice and reasonable so that a wide um, range of people could attend. It's next Saturday, the 30th of January from 10 a.m. in the morning. You'll be over by maybe just mid lunchtime on Zoom and tickets for that are 25 euro. People can get all of the details on the West Cork Literary Festival website, which is, of course, linked through westcorkmusic.ie as always. Sarah, the best of luck with that, but particularly the best of luck now with your next new book for children coming out in the autumn. We'll look forward to talking about that again. And I have no doubt I'm going to see you popping up in the school hub or I'm going to see you popping up on Twitter <laughs> with more stuff for teachers and families and parents in the meantime still. Thanks so much. Oh, Thank you, Anne-Marie, and, and continued good luck to all the teachers and to all the radio presenters who I think have been doing a terrific job in keeping spirits up over the last few months. So thank you. Cork's 96 FM and C103. The Arts House with Griffin's Potatoes Cork. Fresh, flowery and full of taste. It's at the root of what we do. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.